Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for taking this opportunity to uh, listen into this broadcast, to be part of the ministry here, to uh, to want to grow. And uh, as you know, we're here for one reason, to bring honor and glory to God. And we do that by working with folks who've been hurt, PTSD, hurt. You ever been hurt, Kevin? I've been hurt a few times. <laughs> hey, folks, could I ask you a question this morning? You ever been hurt? Raise your hand. I can see your hands uh, <laughs> all around the world. And, hey, and to you folks over there in Nepal and China and stuff, praise God. We love you. And uh, and all over the world. But, listen, we've all been there. We've been hurt. And, and I'll tell you, you know, one of the byproducts of that, Brother Kevin, one of the things, sadly, that comes out of being hurt, that comes out of being dragged around, that comes out of being done wrong, that comes out of uh, life stinking and the world being upside down and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, we can just keep on going with this is we end up being mean. We do. And we get jaded, don't we? We do. And, uh, uh, and boy, when, when we're mean, I, I hate that word mean. That's a characteristic I want to talk about today with PTSD. But folks, I, I mean, it, it, you know, that almost in my mind carries with it a level of superiority, a level of, you know, I've got a better place in this world than you. I, I've got a better God. I know better. You know, it has an arrogance to it. It has a narcissist uh, feel to it. You know, those out there gaslighting and doing all those things. And, you know, there's two kinds of narcissists in the world. There, there's those who are narcissists and admit it. And then there's those narcissists who tell you about all the other narcissists. And, and, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of us out here just trying to stay away from them all and stay out of that zone. And, uh, but folks, we don't want to be mean. We don't, we don't want to be that purchase. We don't want to be, have a senseless vein. We don't want to be arrogant. We, we don't want to be self-centered. Uh, we want to be that person that, that I don't know, that, that lives the life of grace and love and of, of a saved soul of Jesus Christ helping us and taking us and caring for us. That should exude through us, Kevin. I, I, I mean, what are you thinking about these mean things that go on? Well, it's easy to, to be mean, and it's easy to be jaded when someone treats you mean. And, yeah, um, you can become mean because people are mean to you. I had a job, and I worked there. I don't know; it was just a year or so. Uh, I was working the ministry, and I just got a job on the side. And uh, my boss was just a real one-upper of a guy. I mean, kind of in a mean way, like yeah. um, nothing was good enough. Yeah, and, um, and I think I know him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I worked for him. I think he was my last pastor. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, I think there might be one in, in every other corporation. Yeah, but you know, um, I, I noticed probably six months into that job that I was getting antsy. You know, there was already stress, there was anxiety, and about going to work, and then I was so on edge because I felt like I had to overprove everything, and it still wasn't going to be good enough. And it just made me a little bit mean. I just got kind of, you know, you kind of see someone and you just kind of 
don't treat them right because you're thinking, you know, I'm not being treated right. Why would I want to treat you right? Yeah, you know, that's that's a great explanation. You know, if we're not careful, we can pick up other people's bad juju and pass it on. We pay the junk forward, and we should never pay the junk forward. I mean, it's about serving God. It's about trusting God. It's about putting God first. And, and, and it, it's, friends, just let me say this to you. you. You know, the Bible says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. But what does it say at the end of that verse? But a grievous word stir up anger. And, and so I want to be the guy who, you know, my words, I want them sprinkled with grace. And I want them sprinkled uh, with the victory that comes through Jesus Christ. I, I want kindness to exude from me. I want to be kind to people. You know, I want to be that person that puts out the right hand of fellowship. I, you know, I'm that guy that those, uh, those old ladies in those churches come up and hung and get their spit all over the front of me and stuff. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that, uh, that, that fellow who served in Afghanistan and runs up and puts his arms around me that I cry with. I, I, I don't want to be mean, brother. And uh, how do we stay away from being mean, brother? Well, I think one thing is to stay away from mean people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you can't avoid it, you know, if you're like Joseph in, in the Old Testament who's just around a Potiphar or a Potiphar's wife and you, and you just you try to avoid it and the next thing you know, you're just yeah. you're, you're bit by it. I think, you know, to come back and humble yourself for being mean. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I with shame say that um, I can remember a time where I became mean uh, yeah. toward, toward people. And it took me a long time. I mean, I had to hit a wall, really, really, really come to the end of myself before I went back to these people that, and I didn't see it. I literally didn't see myself as being mean, but I had been treated mean um, in, a, in, in a, you know, there was years ago, I was, I was, uh, uh, I would regularly, um, probably yearly go to a, a certain ministry function. And in that ministry function, um, there was an individual who was who was kind of the moderator of the whole thing, and for some reason, he was just kind of one of these guys that leveled the playing field, and and everybody had to be insulted in the mm. in the early on. Boy, don't we know guys like that though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a consequence, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was like a day or two before the meeting, I would start to get mean toward my family, mm. and uh, you know, then a week after, I'd be mean. Well, it got to be the point where it was a month before the meeting and three months after the meeting, I still harbored this. And boy, you're so right, Brother Doug, that the meanness that that you have where you said, where you're thinking, I'm hurting so bad. I, I, I'm disliking life at so bad at this minute. Number one, I can't tell how mean I'm being. And number two, I can't care. I can't bring myself to... To feel care. I, I am hurting myself. Yeah, I, you know what, brother? I think you just, uh, um, your honesty is something that all of us have truly been mean. We've all been there. And we've all been around those people. And, and you know, listen, we're not, we're not claiming victimship here. We're just saying that, hey, God's word's clear. You know, birds of the feather flock together. And if we hang around those mean, knuckle-headed freaks who run around and yell at people, badmouth people, talk about people, now, what did Pastor Crockett say this week? Kevin came to church with me this week, and he, he talked about you lose, you're losing uh, battleground. You know, you're losing ground you've already taken with God every time you're involved with those rumors and that craziness. You're losing part of your battlefield. 
And boy, and, I, and I'll tell you, as he talked about that this weekend, I mean, how many of us could, you know, at church there could have raised their hands and say, hey, I've lost battlefield before. I've lost ground before. And I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about being mean. We're losing ground for God. And, uh, you know, people are saying, man, Doug's mean. I don't want to hang out with him. And, I, and I've been mean. And there's a difference between being mean and being in charge. And, you know, as a sergeant major, I'll tell you, all, most of the folks that I've led call me on a regular basis, especially those that I led at higher ranks who led people under me and stuff. And, uh, and they will say that I was, I, I always tried to be just, I always tried to be fair. I always tried to not be mean. And, uh, you know, even in the army where it's real easy, you could be mean, you could be a knucklehead. I wanted to be that person that represented Christ in my actions. I wanted to be that person that when I, uh, walked into a room, they said, well, you know, it's a chance Doug's in charge tonight. You know, there's a chance that he's going to listen to everything I say, and it's going to be a just decision. You know, when you're on duty and stuff, I, I remember one time a lady cried when I showed up and I said, what's wrong? And she said, my friend got in trouble and they're bringing her over here, the MPs and stuff, and you're going to get her out of trouble. And I said, I am. And she said, yeah, because they treated her unfairly. And sure enough, she was right. But she said, I was praying because there's two duty guys tonight. And I flipped a coin with a guy and took the first shift. and He took the second shift. And she said, and this is a woman that wasn't even saved at the time, said, we were praying that you would be the first shift so you could help this lady so she wouldn't get thrown out of the army. And I was there about two minutes. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said, you know, listen, MP, I know your job and I, I know you did some things, but you're missing some pretty serious things here in the background. Let's talk about them. And, uh, you know, 30 minutes later, we all hugged and walked out of the room. And, and I think we need, and, and I don't mean to be the hero in that story. I wasn't. The hero in that story is God. The hero in every story is God. But I just want you to know, don't be mean. And, and let me end with this verse as we, as we hop in. But uh, over in Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, and forgiven one another, even as God, for Christ's sakes, has forgiven you. For Christ's sakes, he's forgiven you. That's not cussing, folks. That's, that's Bible verse right there. <laughs> and uh, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiven one another, for even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And I, and I think that's, you know, we got we to gotta live in that zone, Kevin. We got to live in that zone. I want to look, I want to start off with this verse here. It says, a foolish son is the calamity of his father and the contention, contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, you can look at that. that. That just kind of freaks me out. But any of us who've been a parent, you know, our kids are going to be foolish at times, even the best of kids. I, I, I like to think I got great kids, and I know you got great kids, but even the best of them at times can be a knucklehead, let's face it. And, uh, and, and, you know, to come up and say, and, you know, a foolish son can be the ruin of a father is basically, I think what's going on here. You know, it could ruin a dad. It can ruin the relationship. It can ruin the family. I, I mean, all those types of things. So here's the wisest man ever inspired by a holy and wonderful God saying, Hey man, this foolish son is a calamity. It can be a nightmare a calamity. It can be ruined. It can be bad. It can be terrible. And the contentions of our wife are a continual uh, dropping or the contention of a wife, you know, that, uh, getting in your face, not liking you being bad. It's a, 
you know, it's these types of things to me, these are things I wrote down. We'll go to a commercial here in just a second, but it's always present. It's annoyance. It's a trouble. It wastes and destroys. It points to some underlying basic problem somewhere that we got to figure out. We'll talk about that just in a minute. Uh, but folks, we don't want to be that foolish son. We don't want to be that foolish daughter. Uh, we don't want to be that wife uh, that's contentious. We, we want to be that godly person. Again, we started off, we want to be kind, the opposite of mean. And hey, folks, let's just take a minute and let these stations identify themselves. Maybe play a message or two for you. We'll be right back with you. Boy, I am, uh, I am just so thankful that God's word is so clear on this, brother Kevin. I mean, what do you think in a verse 13? You know, I thought about me as a child, well, as a teenager, <clears throat> it, I wasn't a huge jerk as a child, but as a teenager, you know, I kind of, I kind of got mean. I, and I was thinking about some of the things you were sharing there. Um, my, my, I made my mother ashamed when I was probably 16, 15, something like that. Um, we had just a dispute with kids in the neighborhood and, um, uh, I, um, I, I set their fort on fire out in the woods, mm. and uh, it just got out of hand after. I got stuck in a fort that was set on fire one time, <laughs> so I, I get it. Yeah, I didn't know you lived in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but, no, when when the, uh, the fire department had to put it out, because when I left, I thought the fire was, you know, kind of almost out, but it, it caught more, more on fire than the fort. And uh, long story short, um, the police uh, had to pay us a visit, <clears throat> and... Uh, when my when my mother saw the police there, she just broke down and wept, and she was so ashamed of me um, because of the, um, uh, you know, the, it was a calamity in her life because of um, I was just being mean with people. You know, I was here again. If you, uh, you know, I was a typical kid growing up. I was not a victim, but I had a you know an older sibling. I had kids in the neighborhood. And, you know, you can just become mean without Christ. And so, you know, playing with the neighborhood kids were one up in each other, and it came to fire. And um, so the, the pyro in me, I guess, um, set the thing on fire. But, uh, I, you know, my mother was so ashamed. And, and I think, you know, when it talks about the contentions of a wife, you know, you know, you know there's other verses that talk about that same thing, a mean wife. And, uh, you know, and I thank God I've never known a mean wife. The, the the whole idea of, you know, can you imagine being around someone, living with someone that nothing is good enough? Yeah. Nothing will be um, acceptable, and you're just going to be chewed out. There's going to be some, you know, you just there's someone, a sitting hen waiting for you to, to peck you. And, you know, it can, it can make you mean, and, and it's just not good. No, it, it, it can mess you up if you're not careful. You know, I, I always tell everybody, Brother Kevin, I would rather be single wanting to be married than married wanting to be single. And, you know, it does matter who you marry. It does matter that you're equally yoked. It do, those things matter. Communication matters. And, you know, and we're not pointing, there's a lot of contentious husbands out there too. Believe me, there's no misogyny coming from here. Yeah. And, and uh, this is talking yep. to both sides of that puppy. And uh, I remember one time where I brought shame upon my mom and, and our family. I remember that I was in high school. And boy, my first year of high school, you know, after the football practice and stuff like that went down, there was a downtime before baseball practice. And, you know, I'm ashamed to say this, but I got caught smoking some marijuana and stuff. And they kicked me out of school for a week or so. And my mom came and picked me up. And I remember this. She picked me up in that old station wagon. They made me wait around until she got out of work. I sat there with the vice principal and uh, waited around and waited around. And that station wagon pulled up. 
And uh, I remember driving down the road and uh, with mom, and she was crying. And she looked over at me and she said, I love you so much. I can't believe you do this to me. I love you so much. I can't believe you do this. I remember I was sitting there crying. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, I'll never do this again. And I, by the grace of God, I can honestly tell you sitting here today uh, that my mom's whole life, I tried to do everything I could to not bring any shame to her or anything like that and to, uh, to stand upright. So that's a big, big deal, I think. And then, then we look at that verse 14 and it says, house and riches are the inheritance of fathers and a prudent wife is from the Lord. And so, you know, fathers out there in this time, it's talking about, you know, and it could say fathers and mothers now, you know, out there working, earning, paying off something and inheriting that to your children. And, 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 and then talking about a prudent wife, that wise wife, that, you know, that, that person, that's a gift. I mean, that's an inheritance, just like the dad went out and had a good business, made a lot of money. A wise wife, a prudent wife is, that's an inheritance too. That's from the Lord. That's a gift beyond anything dad can make money wise that's a gift that comes from god that's a characteristic that's godly man and uh, and i'll tell you folks to be that person you know uh to you know we were just talking about a wife of a continual dropping and bringing you down and, and things of that each other and now we're talking about a prudent wife and what a difference that makes brother yeah yeah there's no doubt that <clears throat> the bible says he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and, uh, I mean, you're talking about something directly from God, just like Eve to Adam. And, it, yeah. and uh, when she shows up, she completes him and makes him think, you know, wow, it's not all dependent on my brain anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a, a help me, not just physically to till this garden, but also, to, you know, to snap the peas and, and stuff, but to, to make this, you know, to, to, to mentally be able to handle the idea of the kids and, and the guidance of the home and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I and, and I think, you know, there's so much that can be said uh, about what God can do to an individual's lives. You know, the reality is this is the place that we stop and think about this. And, and you know, what comes from the Lord in our lives? You know, we, there should be almost like an, I think Christians should almost, Brother Kevin, do an inventory and say, is there stuff in my life that's only from God? There should be. There should be a lot. The Holy Spirit of God is in your heart. You're in, you know, it's indwelled within your heart, this Holy Spirit, this God, this guiding force. If, you know, is there something among my character that I see that's from God? Is it generosity? Is it loving? Is it being prudent, being wise? Is it uh, caring for my husband in a way that's just unexplainable, caring for my wife in a way that's just unexplainable? I think there needs to be an inventory in there somewhere where, where gentlemen and ladies who uh, are saved and, and serving God should do an inventory and say, you know, what has God given me in, in this whole batch of thing? Because, you know, nature, you know, human nature, the way we're born, we're born into sin. We know all that's bad. We know all that's weird and wicked and sideways. But when God gets a hold of a person, I mean, and uh, folks, I wish I could tell you that, that, that God has done more in my life than he has done, but I hope there's some characteristics within me uh, and there's kindness within me and there's wisdom within me and there's care within me and there's love within me and people can see Christ. People can see the Holy Spirit of God working. People can see that I'm different because I serve God. I hope people can see that, brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you said about inventory is is really uh, actually profound because um, if people are seeing something in us 
I think thankfulness for the things that God has given us. Yeah. You know, um, you know, things change and, um, but I think we should never, never forget our roots and never forget the things that God gave us and always seek to honor God and yeah. the ones that meant so much. And I'm just thinking, so let's say, um, so let's say God gives me a dad, but that dad eventually drink got the best of him. Yeah. And he became a drunk and he began beating me, beating, beating, you know, if I'm a child, yeah. beating me, beating, beating mom. Okay. It would be wise to kind of resolve that, especially when things are, when he's out of your life, you grow up, maybe he's gone. And to say, you know what? God gave me that person. Yeah. And, and, you know, my dad wasn't a drunk, so I, I can't say that. But, you know, I've got things in my life, in my memory of childhood yeah. or whatever, where other people failed me. Yeah. I failed them. Yeah. But, you know, w- the only piece I get is to look back. I'm thinking of someone who, who, was, who was killed in an accident. And uh, many years ago, this person was in my life and caused me a lot of grief, a lot of, yeah. a lot of hurt. And it's not a family member. But... Um, uh, is actually a preacher, <laughs> but, uh, but we were friends, you know, we yeah. were, we were pretty good friends Yeah, and he caused me just a lot of grief, a lot of stuff, just, you know, just probably until that time, until he came into my life, I w- did not struggle with bitterness like I did at that point. But the, the great thing is, um, I can look back and I say, Lord, thank you for that person. Thank you for the blessing they were. And that's the only way, you know, the Bible says forgive, even like you said, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think we, folks, I think that's where we as Christians, we as followers, we as people who are willing to turn on uh, this broadcast and say, hey, what, what can we get out of this today? I think, I think we need to live in the zone of, hey, you know, we're human. And, and we're going to make mistakes as dads, moms, husbands, wives, sisters, brothers, wherever category you fit in. But we, we serve a God that we can just call out to. I mean, there's been times in my life that I've been so low, so hurt, so bad that all I can say is, God, you know. And uh, that's all I need, you know, is, Lord, you know. Lord, you know, and, and, and that's all God needs is God, you know, you know where we are right now. And I'm not sure where everybody's at today. Who's listened to this, but you know, folks, maybe some time on your knees today, maybe some time in your prayer closet, maybe some time sitting at your desk at work, maybe driving. Don't close your eyes. I did that once and smashed up my car, but you know, maybe some prayer, maybe some talking, maybe some loving of God. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, man, he changes things. Jesus, he didn't leave things the same, man. Jesus has been in the house, folks. And, yeah. and when he's in your heart and he's in the house, things change. Amen. Hey, folks, listen, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, just give me a shout. And uh, we want to talk to you about retreat, how you can partner with us, how you can know what's going on. I want to mention this to you. So uh, paying for these podcasts has been a little bit of tough. Now, last year, we had a whole year covered for a while, and then we've come out. It's been six or seven months. If if you've been blessed by this and would like to help out a little bit with the podcast, we certainly could use your help. You can just go to WoundedSpirits.com and click that down block and pick podcast. And it costs us about 150 a month for uh, the fee and another 50 or 60 a month to store them and put them out there and things like that. If if God could bring in $2,400, we can get another year. And uh, we're doing it anyway. And, and, and if you're listening on our radio station today, listen, they're not giving us a dime, but they're not taking a dime either. So love them, care for them, listen to what they're telling you. They're out there trying to propagate God. Listen, we love you folks. Get a hold of us, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. And uh, I'll make sure I get right back to your helpful Wounded Spirits fan. We're glad. Can't wait till Stephanie comes back. We miss you, Stephanie.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.